Jesus rode into Jerusalem from the east. That's where, uh, that's where Bethphage and uh, Bethany are. And, and a lot of good things come from the east. That's where the wise persons came from in the nativity scene. That's where Eden was, the garden in the east, if you remember the old story. That's where the strong wind came from to separate the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could have freedom and liberation. And there were people to greet him too. Our gospel says many people. The only thing is, they're on the wrong side of town. The smart money was in the West. That's where the action was. That's where Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, was riding in. Possibly at the very same moment. You see, it was Passover. Passover is the central experience of the Jews, particularly in this time and particularly in this place, in the holy city of Jerusalem. Passover is kind of Australia Day, Anzac Day, Federation Day, which in my humble opinion should be the thing we're celebrating more than anything else because we brought an entire nation together without killing anyone, if you don't count the frontier wars, and we tend not to. But anyway, that's beside the point. It's all of these celebrations together. It's the long weekend. That's the great sacred tradition in Australia. It's all of those wrapped up in one. It's the most sacred time. It's when Israel got released from the clutches of the great superpower of the day, Egypt, freed by the miraculous power of God. Passover was a constant reminder of that liberation, of the goodness and power of God, of the choosing of God, of this group of people, this people that became a nation. So how do you celebrate Passover under the heel of another superpower, perhaps a greater superpower with more land and bigger conquering? Where's God then when the heel of another superpower is on your throat? This is why Pilate's here, of course, because Jerusalem is always a problem. Judea is always a problem for the Romans. They never quite manage to sort of keep them under control, which is their standard approach to how they conquer. Lots of power, control, hope everyone settles down. Keep more control, hope everyone settles down, and it'll all, be, it'll all work out. But it doesn't do so well. Not here. And not now, not in the middle of Passover. So, unfortunately, Pilate has to leave where he wants to be, which is in Caesar Maritima, the beautiful city built by the Herods in order for the Romans to be impressed enough to keep him as the client king. Doesn't work everywhere, and so they've ended up having to take over Judea personally. Uh, Pilate lives there with the troops, but now he has to go to Jerusalem for Passover. So he turns up. So it's a contrast between the east, Jesus on a donkey, and the west, Pilate with all the people. It's political theatre at its highest. It's a parody, maybe. Jesus is a parody of what's happening in Rome. This is one of my all-time favourite. You may know this artist, Banksy, is a, a now very famous street artist. He's done a lot of work uh, on the, uh, in Jerusalem uh, 
and particularly on the west, in the West Bank, on the intifada walls that, that separate the Palestinian areas. This one is fantastic. You can see the donkeys having its credentials checked. It could, it's just, it's worth, well, all of Banks is worth a thousand words, so I'm not going to bother to try and explain it. But it's subversive, isn't it? Something else is going on here. You see, everything's political. All those people, and we've had a few uh, president, uh, presidents, we, we don't have them, at least we don't call them that. Um, our prime ministers, we've had a few prime ministers who've told us that politics and religion shouldn't mix, particularly if the odd clergy person gets in their face. But it's all political, isn't it? Everything is. Because politics is how we organise ourselves, how we manage to work together, either in this congregation, in your family, or across an entire nation. How we organise ourselves is central to the way Jesus lives his life. He's constantly on about it. Because he's calling a critique on organising ourselves so that the elite keep what they've got and the poor lose out. He's constantly on about that. But you know, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is not just brilliant political theatre, and it is that. You can imagine the idea. What, what if these happened at the same time? They certainly would have happened close to the same moment because Passover, you can't run Passover without an enormous number of Roman troops in control. So they had to come from somewhere. They always came from the garrison in Caesarea Maritima on the coast and they march up and they arrive. But it's not just political theatre. What Jesus is demonstrating is an alternative way of running the world. It's the choice between a war horse, which Pilate would have been riding, and a donkey, which Jesus was on. And of course, like this wonderful Banksy image, the donkey all the way through the Hebrew scriptures, which remember all of the people that were there for Jesus, that the many people, as the text says, all of them would have known the donkey, would have understood what that meant, would have understood the donkey is a symbol of peace in the Jewish story. So it's a direct contrast. Rome on a war horse, Jesus on a peace donkey. And they're carrying banners, particularly the Roman legion's huge eagle banner, flags, banners, all kinds of things that the Roman legion are carrying to demonstrate not only that this Roman legion, this particular one, has its own banners, but it carries the eagle because it represents all of Rome. So it's not just a couple of hundred troops that you're seeing walk down the street. You're seeing the Roman Empire sweep its way west as it's always done. Contrast that with what this lot have got. Branches from the field little tiny bits of she-oak. I can't even pick mine up. Little tiny bits of she-oak that we've each got. And it's so small, you might have already lost yours. It might have already fallen on the floor. It's not much, is it? Troops to control from the west and from the east. Disciples. You don't become a disciple by control. You become a disciple by inspiration. You're inspired 
to follow. You're changed in some way to be called into something. Discipleship of, of, of any sort is a calling. It's a, it's, and, and a calling is something that literally calls to some part of you. And there would have been lots of people watching Pilate and the troops come in. No doubt about it. But maybe they were there because they had to be. Either because they were forced, literally forced, by the troops to wave as the troops went by, or it was in their best interest to be seen, to be welcoming Pilate to keep control and make things sensible because they're trying to make a quid. And you can't make a quid if you don't keep control and so you've got to keep him with the run. Who knows why people were there? But on the other hand, on the other side, on the east, he's coming with a group of disciples. And on the west, it's Rome rolling down, down the road, rolling in from the west, stolen land. We know all about stolen land in this country. From the east, Jesus says, go and get the colt and tell him, I'll bring it back. I'm only borrowing it. It's their colt. I know how things are. I know things, how they're supposed to be, not how power says they are. One with the most power gets to win everything, but it's a borrowed cult. It's a different way of running the world. But here's a really interesting thing and a very disturbing thing, and I think it relates to these little guys. And that's that Jesus actually doesn't do anything nor does he say anything. He sits on the donkey and he rides through the streets and says nothing. He gets to Jerusalem, gets off the donkey, he looks around, sees everything. One of the, one of the ways of translating the Greek, sees everything, which of course can mean so much, can't it? He sees things perhaps as they really are. He sees what's really going on. And we know about the cleansing of the temple. You know where he wanted to throw the money changes out and all of that. But he doesn't say anything. He just looks. He sees it all and then he leaves because it was already very late. Sure was. So you could have been in that crowd. If you were in the crowd on the west, you would not have been able to miss anything that was going on. You knew exactly what was happening. Rome was there. Rome was there to keep control and you better pay attention. But on the east, just some guy on a donkey, looks pretty much like everyone else. Sure, people are shouting Hosanna because that's what they always did at Passover. The long for Hosanna, the Hosanna meaning save us, save us now. And boy, was their need to be saved. They, said, they always sang it out. Maybe they sang it to Jesus, those who, who knew him and hoped he would be the one. Maybe they just sang it because they thought they had enough courage to do it before Pilate actually arrived. It's a completely different way of running the world and it's a completely diff different way of introducing a new way of running the world. It's in quietness. It's sneaking in. It's doing it differently. It's surprise. Like autumn in Adelaide. If you don't pay attention, it's here before you know it. This is not Europe. Sure, if you go to the Adelaide Hills and you see some of these things, 
some of the European trees, the things start to turn. But if you live on the flat and there are no European trees or you live out in the bush, boy, it's hard to tell. You've really got to pay attention. It's a very subtle change. It's happening, whether you want it to or not, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. It's happening. But it's hard to see it. You've really got to pay attention. Like these little guys. These are not the leaves of a she-oak. And Alison pointed this out on her way in. Alison and Peter, as you know, are massive bushwalkers and, and nature lovers, and so they know all this stuff. This is sort of, I think it's sort of technically known as a branchlet. But if you run your hands up it one way, it's like stroking a cat. If you run it the other way, you can feel it rough. Go on, do it if you, if you haven't lost yours. That's the, what you're feeling there is the leaves. The le- there are leaves or leaflets or the, the t- very tiny little cone-like things. What you're feeling is the leaves. So you could say, if you weren't paying attention and you weren't like Alison and Peter, you could say, well, it doesn't have any leaves, but it's loaded down with them. You could feel, how many of you reckon you're feeling in just your little piece? I don't know. It's loaded down with leaves. They're everywhere. But it's a different kind of doing it. It's a different kind of thing than the leaves on these trees in the Mount Lofty Botanic Park. That's why we got these. Not because I was too lazy to go and get some pine, uh, some uh, palm branches, but because these are just the best thing ever. Because they represent for us in this moment, and they can do, the branches that the people brought from the, tr- the, f- the fields and, the, and brought in to the welcoming of Jesus. They can represent the fragility of this moment as we just heard two very powerful songs about the ending of Jesus' life and what that's going to mean. Because these just, they break apart so easily. They can represent, and they're so small, they can represent our own experience of how fragile and easily broken our own lives are. And yet, within them, they contain a whole way of being that if we're not careful, we'll miss.